0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: Good afternoon. It's a Thursday. It is just after one o'clock and it's time for Between Two Frames. Indeed it is. And I don't understand why I cannot hear myself in my own ears. <laughs> and I'm hoping this is not I can effective. hear you,
2: Mabali. I can hear you. Okay. I'm Shall I finish our little <laughs> intro? <laughs> <Just> this <laughs> is Aspasia Karis and <laughs> Mabali Molloy. <laughs>
1: Thank you very
2: much. <laughs> and we are doing Between Two Femmes. Uh, it's good to have you back, Aspasia. It's Last week. Good to be back. I was in Cape Town at the new trainery launch. Oh, wow. And at the very time of our show, we were having um, the presentation. The MD from Australia was um, doing his thing. It was all very quiet. I felt that if I snuck out into like this fancy, fancy, you know, gigantic mansion <laughs> in Clifton that started sound, sound chatting to all. you, they would hear me all over the show.
1: Which would have been very rude of you to Very, do. very. So I just sat quietly and t- texted you going, Aah. and you know what? Next week we're going to be in Cape Town. Um, are you? Yes. Are you the, the, the The breakfast show team are flying to Cape Town to do our show from there on Friday uh, there's a whole bunch of activities that we're going to be getting involved in, but next week, Thursday, I'm not going to be here for the show. So, so I'll have to run alone. This is, um, this is what we like about a partnership agreement is, you know, <laughs> us being able to fill in for each other. But you know what, Aspasia, we've got a busy, busy yes, show ahead We need to get chatting over the next hour. And you know what? Um, maybe let's, let's get into the women's news. All right. Let's, let's find out exactly what's happening in the, in the in world, the world of, of news, uh, woman. regarding women. <laughs> The women. Oh, okay. No, that, that was definitely not the right song. Okay. My mistake. Sorry. Wrong, <laughs> wrong song. Wrong song. <sighs> Cannot give that to you right now. But what I can tell you is about a particularly interesting manhunt that is happening in Pretoria where a gang of women are basically breaking into people's houses and robbing them. What? It's a group of four women. Their modus operandi is asking to use the bathroom. Okay. No way. Yes, way. And this is what you need to look out for. They ask to use your bathroom and then once you've allowed them access into the house, that is when they basically
0: overpower
1: overpower the domestic worker who's there because usually it's a domestic worker who's at home by herself. They will overpower her and then they will rob you clean of items in your house. It's like Bonnie and Clyde
2: without Clyde. It's Bonnie
1: quadrupled or something. <laughs> yes, exactly that. Uh, but I mean, uh, I, th- uh, I mean, what do you make of that? Well, I like suppose. a, a it's... gang of women and they're on, they're on the run and police are hunting for these women and they, there's four of them. One of them is allegedly pregnant. You know what <laughs> makes it sensationalist? I mean, that is how you know that you're multitasking, uh, a
2: pregnant robber, robber house robber. <laughs> What I suppose what makes it sensational is that people, I mean, generally cr- criminal behaviour, except on Orange is the New Black, <laughs> is kind of predominantly done by men.
1: Right, it's perceived to be this uh, this heinous act that is committed by men because you know they they're physically bigger and stronger and they overpower you and do horrible things to you but in pretoria they're dealing with a gang of four women who are breaking huh. into people's houses and stealing laptops and tvs and DVDs and i suppose pairs. yeah it's
2: this kind i mean because usually women are involved in like maybe white collar criminality maybe extortion of money from men that sort of thing yeah
1: um drug muling. Right, luring people into... Drug muling. Yes, well, like, exactly yeah. that. Exactly so this that. is
2: kind of... kind of. It's got a real bunny and Clyde delight to it. Well, maybe well, you can tell us a bit maybe of... Maybe we can interview them. Here's some good news. Yeah, uh, that's what because I was going to say. Yesterday was um, the lovely Archbishop Desmond Tutu's birthday. We love the Arch. We love the Arch. And the Arch is a man of wisdom. And the joy is that he always says important good things. And what he said... Was that if we are going to see real development in the world, then our best investment is women, and I just felt, you know, a man after my own heart. Well, you say it, yeah, arch. Y- yeah. There's nothing more to say to, on the story.
1: Um, no, the, absolutely. You know, you look, you look at the archer, and you think exactly what you said: a man of wisdom, and when he speaks, you listen. Now, here's an interesting story. I don't know if you are familiar with Ronda Rousey. She is a uh, mixed martial artist. Mm. Um, let me just actually pull up the information over here so that I really do sound professional. M-
2: MMA being like sort of clapping each other with bare fists and well, grappling on the ground. Well,
1: yes. Um, gouging
2: eyes out. No, uh, they don't gouge. No, no, they don't gouge.
1: You know, they don't, allow That's for illegal, not allowed. they don't allow for illegal activities. <laughs> but she's the first and current UFC women's banterweight champion. Oh. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Um Men's Fitness you're familiar with the magazine you get Men's Fitness and then you also get Women's Fitness I think. Yes. So Men's Fitness in As Australia to men and
2: women's health.
1: <laughs> <laughs> men's Fitness in Australia decided to do something different for their cover for their November cover and they decided to feature Ronda Rousey. Mm. Um it marks the first time that the men's magazine has featured a woman on its cover and when the new cover was announced on Facebook some of the magazine's readers were less than thrilled. You don't say. I do say. Some users expressed disappointment that the magazine had decided to feature a female <laughs> athlete. Ah, uh, but what are the what what are these
2: readers of this magazine? That's what I want to know.
1: No, well, I mean, it, it's it's men's fitness magazine, so you know, it's men trying to get tips on. I don't know how to build a six-pack over the next 12 weeks. I, 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 so they
2: didn't like her six-pack?
1: I, I, they just didn't want to see a woman on the cover of a magazine that they considered to be useful in them shaping up. But now, if the reverse was true, would we also be complaining? If suddenly Idris Elba popped up on the cover of Marie Claire, would be like no no, no we'd on. be quite pleased and could <laughs> well, we you <laughs> also see his six pack? <laughs> we would be very Maybe delighted. Maybe
2: some other things as well. Speaking of other things, I mean, did you see the new controversy over the president's penis?
1: Oh, no. But I, we don't want
2: to mention we, it. It's no, not, no, 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 no.
1: No, no, do it, do it. I just uh, didn't realize that we're back here again talking about the president's penis. We are, we are. There was, um, I'm just, um, trying to
2: pull up the story, but essentially the, the president's penis is featured in yet another artwork. Oh. Um, by this guy, um, Rodemir, Um, and it's R is for respect. Respect for the president's penis. It was like a bunch of people marching with the, like, sign. I think in reaction to the last time. The that we had the spear where yes. there was a march. Right. Calling for respect. To, to respect the penis. So now this, this <laughs> Anton Canameo's cartoon shows a giant. Yes. Okay. I won't say what it is. <laughs> Member. Yes. Respect for the president's penis now. The image is a reference to the spear. Um... And, and I think it's causing so much uh, reaction to ours for respect is getting Buti Manamela, the deputy minister to the presidency, said we don't have time for bigotry. <laughs> and what clearly is racism being projected as art.
1: Oh.
2: Hopefully the artist feels good about himself. And I don't think we want to be preoccupied with this when the country has far more important concerns. I also,
1: with all the respect in the world, I do not want to be preoccupied with my president's penis. Thank you very much. Um, we'll leave it at that for the women's. You don't news. want to hear what
2: Eusebius had to say. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> I no, always okay. want to hear what he said. It's, it's worth giving him the, the airtime. Yeah, Let's give do him so. more airtime. He right. likes some
2: airtime. Yeah. Um, he said, this work is simply weak from an aesthetic viewpoint. It is neither elegantly plain nor textured with new, fresh or layered meaning. I dare say it was lightly textured, but I don't want to go there. Okay. There was too much texture for me in the (laughs) in the depiction of said Uh, member. There was a little too much texture for you to Oh dear. Okay. Well I just felt, you know, it being the women's news we should touch upon this topic. All right, no,
1: okay, that's fine. Um (laughs) now let's
2: move on. Rapidly, swiftly.
1: Let's move on and let's get straight into our first guest, who is a filmmaker and broadcast journalist. Uh, I happen to know him from some of the fabulous work that he does on the channel where I work as well, which is ENCA. Now, I want to begin by taking you. I want to begin by taking you right back to the beginning, Aspasia, where an idea was formulated. And then that idea started to develop some legs. Uh, have a listen to this this little promo, which is kind of where everything began. And then we will get straight into talking to Yusuf Omar.
0: Hello, Trevor Noah. It's Jeremy Maggs here at E! News Channel Africa. Trevor, do you remember me? I interviewed you like five years ago. I'm coming to New York for the opening night of The Daily Show. Yes, he's coming to see you. Trevor, we'd like a press pass, please. And an interview. And an interview. Maybe backstage access? To shoot a few <laughs> shots behind the scenes. And could you please sign my photograph? Oh, Trevor, South was... Africa could not be more proud of you. Biltong, I heard you like lots of it and we've got it. I'll see you on the 28th. If we can't get inside, I'll see you at the door.
1: So that <laughs> I is was where... was for a moment she was going to ask him to sign his, like, pictorial muscle or something. <laughs> that is where it all began. And we do have Yusuf Omar on the line joining us this afternoon. Hello, Yusuf. Can you hear me? I can hear you guys.
0: How are you doing? We are fantastic. <laughs>
1: How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I did get my water up, Thank you very much.
1: All right, Yusuf. Um, like, take us straight back to the beginning because, as I said, um, I'm, I'm thinking that it started out as an idea and then all of a sudden this thing started to develop legs. Then I, all I know is I'm seeing a hashtag trying for Trevor spreading like wildfire <laughs> over Twitter. How did this all start?
0: So I was heading to New York for the United Nations General Assembly uh, but it happened to be coinciding with Kevin Noah's opening show. And I very quickly realized that not just my editors, but also the public, had oh, far more of an interest in Kevin Noah than they did in geopolitics.
2: I'm surprised.
0: So went about, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it's a huge deal, right? We, we celebrate all of our sporting icons. We celebrate political icons. And this is arguably one of Africa's greatest cultural exports. Kevin Noah is and it is now hosting one of the biggest comedy shows in the world.
2: He certainly is. And
0: so? So we started with this campaign. And basically, we wanted an interview. We wanted to go to the opening show. And we kept coming up against brick walls. They didn't want to host any media, especially no African media. Uh, there was no press passes that would be offered, no interview opportunities. I basically wrote like a long email to Comedy Central and got like a one-liner back saying, hey, no. thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> oh, dear. And we weren't going to tolerate that. So we headed to New York. And basically, I became a stalker, for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which you had no
1: problem doing, I, I, I don't imagine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Draped in a, in a, in a South African flag. And holding my biltong, because you know that Trevor Noah had put out a promo saying that if somebody could bring in biltong, I'd snuggled this uh, biltong across the border. But of <laughs> course, it was far more difficult to get me across the border than it was the biltong with the name Yusuf Omar, it's not nice. Arriving at JFK, I'll tell you that much. But that's another story for a different time.
1: Um, but, but Yusuf, yeah, I mean, if, if, I, yeah. if, I, if, I, if I just take a scroll through at, you know, at the hashtag Trying for Trevor, I mean, the pictures here are amazing because there's pictures of you outside the studios for The Daily Show with like what I imagine must have been thousands of people, hundreds of people queuing to, to be a part of that first recording of the first show. There is a picture of you and Trevor as well. So somewhere along the line, you managed to make this work for you. And how, how exactly did things start falling into place and coming
0: together? That's right. So I basically camped out there for a couple of days, uh, trying to see who's coming in and out of the stage door. And then on Friday morning, we had the opportunity to go to practice uh, uh, breakfast press conference. And that was awesome. That was with Trevor Noah and all also- these producers, and like all the South African media, we were super friendly, right? We were like, oh, Trevor, I just feel to be hosting the Daily Show. But the American media were absolutely ruthless. They were asking him like really specific political questions because he is hosting a satirical show, and mm-hmm. it an outsider talking about American politics, and they were hard on him, but he, he did well to handle it, and when he couldn't handle it, the writers sort of jumped in and stole for time. And then afterwards, they, they basically gave us an opportunity to have a quick interview with him. Obviously, nothing was allowed on video because he's a golden goose and they want to keep him uh, exclusive until the opening show. But I got my selfie. I got a little... I gave him the bill song. Um, he <laughs> looked exhausted, as you can imagine. I mean, he must have rehearsed for months and months reading consistently to try and get an idea of the local narrative. He looked really, really tired to me.
2: But... Um... You know, that's the thing that I don't think people realize is quite how much goes into that daily show. I mean, there's a massive battery of writers, and I think every single thing that they say is totally prepped. Did it feel like that?
0: It does, and that really came through. So I eventually managed to go for a show. I went for the second show uh, on a Tuesday night. And the one thing that's coming across strongly, both from what I saw and what the critics were fighting is the stuff that he can't prep for, the interviews. And his interview skills haven't been as strong as perhaps some would like. I mean, when he's a stand-up comic, he's reading a script, and he knows Mm -hmm. this like the back of his hand. He's done it in front of a mirror a million times. But there's something to be said for the conversational skills that you have as a a radio presenter or an anchor has on television that Trevor hasn't quite managed to capture uh, uh, capture just yet. And it's also been a poor choice of uh, guests, I would say, they started the show with Kevin Hart, who was the uh, yeah. comedian that opened up. And Kevin is not a brilliant interview. I mean, you're not really interviewing Kevin. He's just standing there talking about himself for five minutes.
2: <laughs> but he's really, you know, a fun, exciting self, but it's not, are you right? I mean, I think he needs to get Donald Trump on there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's going to really be where the American press are going to really decide where Trevor sits. They want to know, is he leftist, is he right, is he Republican, what sort of political suede does he have? He's maintained that he's progressive. He's gone down the middle. Mm. Um, They also want to see when he becomes disgruntled. If you look at John Stewart, who was in the business for 16 years, by the end of it, people enjoyed watching how agitated he was by local politics, how upset he was, by the way, CNN or Fox News reports. Well, Trevor is the opposite. He's still quite, like, young, and he's smiley, and he's just sort of like, I he's love amused. the world. Yeah, he's amused. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he does fold and become a bit... Uh, cynical. I don't know, toughened up. It's cynical, yes, exactly, that's the word.
1: Yusuf, there are very few of us that will ever get to the same uh, opportunity that you did, which is to be a part of a live recording of a show like that. And, you know, right. there, as I understand it, there's a very big difference between being there in the moment as it's being recorded live versus me watching the final finished product on my couch at home. And so maybe you could let us in on that live element and that kind of energy. Yeah. Well, for start,
0: it's not live, right? So yeah. it's actually recorded at 6 p.m. and they broadcast it at uh, 9pm uh, US time sorry 11pm so they've got a good space to edit it trim it down a little bit mm. to add all of their special effects the, the bells thing is though and whistles. it's recorded as if it was live so in between breaks they've got the writers rushing onto set and quickly changing the script because it's not the kind of show that Trevor can have the whole day to prepare for they're recording it at 6 and they're using all of the news from that date And a lot of that news is only coming in at 4 or 5 p.m., so they might only have an hour or two to put together some of the latest jokes. But it's almost like a work in progress. And then, of course, they want the crowd to be super energetic, super laughing at everything that he says. So they charge you up. Before Trevor even comes out, they have a stand-up act. They basically tell you that every time they say Trevor Noah's name, you must stand up and start cheering, no matter what he says. (laughs) Trevor Noah, you just stand up and you start applauding. So they really coax you into this idea that you you are going to be a diehard Trevor fan. So it's not really a legitimate laugh when you're in that uh, spot. And the other thing that I noticed was on the second night, he made some very controversial jokes, especially in an American context. He spoke about 9-11, he spoke about ISIS, and they didn't get any laugh in studio. It was silent. So uh-huh. when I watched the broadcast, they'd added a bit of, a bit of uh, chuckles in the background. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting the way they can manipulate the crowd's sounds to, to make it as if it was funnier than it actually is. Well,
1: because we have such a, you know, such a vested interest in Trevor, and we have that personal connection with him, uh, if you like. I mean, the last thing we want to see is to have him end up like Piers mm. Morgan, who was basically shunned by the Americans well, and was eventually translate. he didn't translate. Well, he yeah, and he was eventually pushed out of that of that market. And here's the question: Does
2: humor is humor a global thing? Does it actually translate? Here's the
0: thing: Some of the Americans that I've spoken to on the ground. They seem very, very excited to have an outsider's perspective on American politics, and they also—they also are really, really—they're they, charmed by him. They find him very good-looking. They find him very charismatic. They're still drawn by what they call the Obama appeal. It's a mixed race guy who can talk about blacks and whites, and he's got no boundaries. He's even—I mean—he's been playing this uh, black narrative really, really strong from the very beginning, and they seem to be enjoying it.
2: Oh, we're losing you oh, we're losing dear, Yusuf,
0: you. Yusuf yeah, no. just
2: as
1: you're getting profound we're losing you, we seem to be struggling with Yusuf there but uh but you know what I mean I think we got uh we we, we, we We got the gist of it. We We got got the bulk of of what we wanted to get from Yusuf. I don't know if Duncan is going to try and and, uh, get Yusuf back on the line, just so that I can ask him, what next? I mean, I just love this idea that it all started with an idea and a hashtag, and the next thing you know, the guy is in the audience being part of the live recording for Trevor Noah's show. Uh, Let me just see if we can.
0: Yusuf, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm back here. I'm sorry, We're, we're rushing stories on the way to the end. well I that's
1: okay the end. that's okay Yusuf and thank you for your time this afternoon but let me do just ask you because I was just saying now that I love the, the idea that this all started out as you know just something fun for you to do and then you ultimately saw it through uh, through your means of stalking and whatnot <laughs>
0: um, so I mean
2: I
1: don't know Yusuf are you saying that stalking
2: will get you everywhere
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it takes a lot of resilience to really, um, they're very good at avoiding the press in the U.S., and they've got press that are very good at stalking celebrities. Um, I think it was a realization for me that sometimes stories like this that may be seen as fluff, that may be seen as the soft news, are just as interesting to the public as what's happening at the ANC conference, or anything for that matter. That people legitimately do care for the success of Trevor Noah. They do want to know how he's being received by the global audience, because he is. He's an ambassador to us, and we should
2: be very proud of that. Yeah, it's a feel-good story. Well, thank we you very much
1: for your time. That's Yusuf Omar, thank filmmaker you. and broadcast journalist, and now new newest BFF to Trevor Noah. I think we can add that, that to your does. bio
3: as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you bye for bye. your thanks for your time, uh, Yusuf. Yeah, and uh, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you see, we've learned some lessons here. Okay, so stalking, stalking.
2: <laughs> that's that's we've learned some stalking lessons. It doesn't, it doesn't start a hashtag. Yeah.
1: For your object of desire, maximize on opportunities because you know yeah. he was he was going to New York anyway, and then he thought, "Hang on, let me try and be a part of this roller coaster <laughs> because ride." Because who really
2: cares about another boring you and speech? <laughs> I mean, I think that's actually the bottom line.
1: We should, but we don't. That's right. Uh, you're with between two friends right here on clipcentral.com. Stay with us. Our clients are the lifeblood of our business,
0: and keeping their data safe is critical. I'm worried that client data in the wrong hands could cost us. With MTN Business Cloud powered by Microsoft technology, your data is secured in world-class data centers based in South Africa. It's always available, backed up, and complies with South African laws, ensuring that you and your clients are always protected. With a footprint covering 23 countries, isn't it time you found out about a cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business.
1: Between Two Femmes on cliffcentral.com. It's good to have you joining us again this afternoon. And uh, we're doing a bit of a jet-setting type of, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, at least vicariously jet-setting, you know, from one place to another. We've just spoken to Yusuf Omar on his um, antics in New York City around the time that Trevor Noah was filming the first episode of The Daily Show. And now we're joined by Megan Bernstein, who is one of the directors and editor of a blog called Under Five Foot. Hi. Th- which is a lifestyle blog. Good <laughs> afternoon, Megan. It's good to have you joining
3: us good today. To be here. Is your blog only for people who are under five <laughs> No, it's really not. <laughs> I think it's mainly just me. <laughs> actually my partner, she's also she's also basically under five foot. I think she's a little bit taller than me. But it
1: is a very clever name though, because how tall are you actually? I'm
3: one forty eight.
1: Okay, so, uh, um, so she's one million really forty quiet. Yeah, no. I don't know what that is in feet. No, it's me.
3: under five foot. <laughs> She's diminutive, <laughs> yes, but <yeah>. it is. <laughs> in
1: most stylish way. Okay, um, Megan, let's start by talking about Under Five Foot as a blog. It is a lifestyle blog, but I mean, you yeah. guys are so broad and diverse. You cover totally. everything from health and fitness to food to fashion. So let's talk a little bit about Under 5 Foot
3: Yeah so Under 5 Foot started I suppose As a blog and I think it's evolved um, It's definitely become more of An online publication um, And kind of a central hub for lifestyle Content, um, working with really Great brands and bringing Kind of the different and the local aspects To our readers, um, we're very much About the different, that's kind of our philosophy And it's about the people, so we look For the hidden gems, we look for the things Around the city that you know people don't Necessarily know about and we want to share that with our audience and kind of bring kind of the real experience um, through digital, amplify the digital um, from the real world and allow people to experience those things through us. <gasps>
2: Tell us your latest, uh, <laughs> your, la-
3: your latest experience. In Joburg, yeah. Well, in Joburg specifically. Yeah. yeah. Well, today I'm actually one of my writers. She's busy doing the, the mobile, the eco-mobile, um, oh, tour. The, yeah, so yes, eco-mobility. Yes, yes eco-mobility. Festival yes. Happening in yes. Yeah. So she's actually on that. But um, you can check out some pictures, um, that she's been, Wendy Dixon, one of my, one of my, um, key writers as well. She's, um, actually busy jetting around doing all of that today. So that's quite a cool, quite a cool, um, campaign that's happening as we speak, I think. Um, if it's not over yet, but we've got some, we've got some cool, um, pictures on Instagram and we'll, there'll be a post up later this week on it as well. So I suppose that's something that's quite interesting and topical at the moment. Is she
2: testing at a peak hour? (laughs)
3: Um, I saw some pictures of her on Instagram earlier. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I I know it was running this morning. I'm like crazy. So I wasn't able to be there, unfortunately, but, um, I'll catch up with her and share all the deets on the site Crazy,
1: like insane? (laughs) No. (laughs) Should we be worried? No.
2: no. Well,
3: I don't know. Maybe possibly.
1: (laughs) Crazy lives here. What do you mean? <laughs> We're very
2: familiar with I know, crazy. but that's why I'm worried. Because <laughs> if we... Do it in triplicate. Who knows? We could end up like those crazy ladies who are invading houses in Pretoria. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? There's right. just
1: no knowing, no telling where it could go. I did say that we were going to be jet setting vicariously through different people. And this is why I wanted you to join us this afternoon, is because you've just come back from Greece yes, I have. under your own campaign called Going Greek. I
3: have,
2: yes. Okay,
1: so what was that I'm all already about? Greek,
2: so I don't need to. Go oh, okay. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, you know what? Some of us have never been.
3: It is honestly <laughs> phenomenal. Um, I was blown away by the experience. Um, we visited... So basically, we we did almost like a mini tour where it was put together by a bunch of friends. Um, My partner, Clee Barris, she was actually the instigator. And I kind of said to her, oh, well, I should totally come with you. And she was like, you should totally come. So I was like, okay, well, let's make it happen. And then kind of... I kind of think of a little bit like Yusuf said earlier. I kind of saw an opportunity and leveraged it for the site and turned it into a campaign, which actually was really, really successful and has sparked a lot of ideas kind of going forward in terms of the content and the strategy for Under 5 Foot... So to kind of watch the space. Mm. Um, I feel like we're going to be jet-setting a lot more and doing this type of campaign a lot more in different places around the world. But essentially what I wanted to do is because everyone loves to travel and I myself have hardly traveled so you know this for me was quite a big thing because I haven't really been I've never been on a holiday mm-hmm. because I've always worked so <laughs> um I've, this what are kind of, we saying ever ever no I've never been on an overseas holiday like it was the first time I've been on work stuff and I went when I was in school for like um, yeah that kind of thing I went to Switzerland and that kind of thing but I've never actually gone on a proper holiday getaway so for me it was the first time so it was an amazing experience um and now it's something I want to do every year definitely um, but I really wanted to bring the under five foot approach to the campaign or to the trip um, because I think often I mean for me I'd, I don't like touristy stuff um, I'm not interested in Are it Are we really. talking
2: about how to get under the turnstiles at the
3: airport really <laughs> Well I, no <laughs> No it was more silly. Ah, So silly
2: you must forgive me It's, it's okay I've
3: heard them all okay. I've heard them all <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it was really about taking the approach of, of the local, of local talent, local design, local culture, which is something we're very big on here in Joburg, Joburg and, well, and Cape Town, but specifically Joburg, because that's where we're based now. Um, and about applying that to the, to, to Greece and everywhere that we went there. So it was about identifying again, seeking out hidden gems from restaurants to hotels to fashion designers to activities to little bars hidden away. And it was about finding those little places and experiencing them and then sharing that with our readers through our social and through the blogs to hopefully inspire them to, if they do decide to also travel to Greece to know where to go from a local perspective. So a lot of the stuff we did do, we, well, look, we did do touristy stuff. So really but good
2: sh- stuff for very small South Africans.
3: <laughs> yes. And, the, and big ones too. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> <But> good.
2: There <laughs> is
3: a lot,
1: there is a lot to be said about the power in this digital space where You not only allow people to, as I said, live vicariously through you, but you also provide, you know, you're providing content through the digital space. And then also you're providing a type of service, you know, for somebody who has never been to Greece. I'm looking at myself here. And thinking, hey, well, I remember reading this on Under Five Foot, and maybe exactly. that—that's that's a direction that I could go into. I mean, I this that's... whole blogging slash digital space is really very exciting.
3: Totally, for and this kind of thing, there's so much opportunity. And for me, I, what I would like to start doing more with Under Five Foot is taking this approach and taking it to, like I said, other countries, other areas of this country, and exploring and really allowing people to get to go. with so what are cool things to do that are that are not the norm because everyone's tired of the, you know, the same old tourist. Things you can go on Google and find the top five places to go to in Greece. The places I saw and the places that I explored, the people that I met, were just so authentic and just so interesting. Um, you know, I've re- I've written about them. You'll see, we've, we're launching a, re- a web series as well, where I'll talk about the different characters and all the different places that I visited, um, and re- you know, really encouraging people to go and explore the different and not just stick to the you know the the the, the, the tour bus. Yeah, the tour bus. I mean, I didn't take one tour bus Get and I loved the tour it. bus. The tour bus is boring. You can, you know, <laughs> like. I just walk everywhere and like just kind of must, can I get lost you and, have, get and lost. turn that
1: into an adventure totally romance, a romance a <laughs> romance haven't you explore, watched
3: explore the streets I mean go look at you know just walk up the couples we talk to the locals ask them I mean I got so many one of my favorite islands was Ayos and I really got to know a lot of the locals there and I would talk to, I was talking to the one guy his name's Oi Oi he owns uh, he's infamous on Ayos and he owns this <laughs>
1: infamous for what
3: <laughs> <laughs> well he's this British guy um, with this swag earring and cool style, and he's into fashion. He's got this really great little store, which he brings in really great like pop culture-type outfits from um, from the UK and all over different places in the world, also Greek designers. I got the cutest little sailor jumpsuit from there. Um, I got the most amazing stuff from his store, and I started chatting to him. He told me about a great restaurant where I ended up going and having the best smoked salmon I've ever had in my entire life. Um, So it's kind of through talking to people, through talking to other locals. I ended up at this place called Pathos, where I watched the most significant... Magnificent sunset that I've you ever seen. I have seen. to say,
2: the thing that always makes me <laughs> laugh is that in Greece, everyone just gets carried away by the sunsets. And Look, they Cape are. Town has
3: great ones too. They but do, <laughs> but
2: what you don't see in Cape Town, which you see in Greece a lot is like people like sort of collecting for the sunsets. Totally. And it's clapping. like an event. Oh. Yes. The sun- yes. Goes well,
3: dark. It makes me laugh. They, well, at Pathos, they act, it's like a daily event where yes. they actually play um, the Swan Lake, um, the, the, the very well-known um, piece of music for Swan Lake. Um, they play it as the, and it's perfectly timed as the sun sets. And it's this dramatic, impactful experience, <laughs> which was just so incredible. I mean, I took a video. I posted it on the site as well. So you can try and get a little bit of the experience. But it is, it was honestly the most impactful experience like that I've had and it was just so amazing to share it with all these people who I didn't know but yet we were all connected through the same experience and again everyone started clapping at the end of the sunset it's bizarre but (laughs) is wine
1: wine a a big a big thing in Greece you can order wine by the liter all right because
2: I'm wondering (laughs) it comes in these little uh, carafes uh, like metal carafes on my island (laughs) but in my island it comes in these little metal carafes which Mm. are like sort of technicolored um, so they're making you drink wine, red, by the blue.
3: Well, you just think, well, you know, why not? They <laughs> came Greece, in a when in Greece. <laughs> Jeez,
1: the headache that comes with that the morning after. No, no. Weirdly,
2: in Greece, I don't find you get a hangover. No,
3: I, yeah, but I I'm feel starting like you just to think on. that these are
2: all holiday things. Like actually, <laughs> totally. and I suppose that's the joy of a holiday is that you've actually stopped to look at the sunset mm. and you realise how magnificent it is this thing
1: that happens every day.
3: And that like you don't yeah.
1: Whereas the sunset in Cape Town, as you're driving past it, you know, going home from work, you're, you're sitting in traffic you're and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> and, and you're in traffic and you're thinking, yeah, okay. this yeah, I don't really care. I got, I got shouted <laughs> at by my boss earlier today. It's just been one of those rough days. Yeah. Not All right. Now let's, let's um let's get more detail into under five foot as, as your blog, your lifestyle blog. And let's just go through some of the things that you cover here. Um, I mean, you're into fashion and fitness, that kind of thing. Uh, sweat and swagger is what you call it. Yes. Okay. So what is, what does that entail?
3: Well, sweat and swagger is actually growing a lot and we're doing a lot of cool things in that space at the moment. We're, um, we've actually just partnered with Joburg Ballet. Which is very, very exciting. Um, being an ex-ballerina myself, having grown up doing ballet, um, my partner, Klee's also very into ballet. We're very big supporters of the arts and theater. Um, and just wanting to make that cool again and bringing that to, you know, young people. It's, you know, why are we not embracing these really talented, um, you know, people that we have in our, have, you know, right, right around us? And there's just so much, there's so many cool things going on. So Sweat and Swagger is about the alternative exercise space because to be honest, I hate gym. It's boring. I, like, I have to force myself to go. I just don't do it mm-hmm. um, So it's about finding And I, th- I think it's important To be active and, and important mentally And physically And to do things That you love So What is the
2: name Of that completely gorgeous um, Head of the Johannesburg ballet What is his name The chief um, And he does These beautiful classes
3: There's Chase Who I've been dancing with Now recently um, I'm not no, sure it's
2: another one He has these calves
3: Oh well they <laughs> all do <laughs> yeah, but His
2: are specifically delightful Don't Don't uh, don't oh, try and, and
1: identify
3: and a ballet
2: dancer by the Sharon, shape of their Sharon calves. Becker and I went, our fashion director, and I went
3: for… This, uh, okay, hang on.
2: I'm trying to look up the information online. I'm not you sure speak. who you're
3: speaking, but I, but I think I there's remember. so like many hot. of those gorgeous men.
2: It was completely ridiculous. Hot and straight. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, a, that's
3: interesting. That is what <laughs> I'm saying.
2: And so it was the most ridiculous in, in, uh, scenario because we walked in and clearly there was a hierarchy. Oh. Of um along the bar where the girls who were like really good were right up front. Right.
3: So oh, uh, that's how it is.
2: The really bad bitches. Like I, <laughs> were right at the back.
3: And then, well, I've just started the beginners class. If again. If he so. actually spoke <laughs> bad.
2: to you. if he spoke to you, then the, you got the glaring evil looks from
1: them, like hmm. Oh, like who do you what? think you yeah. are staying in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know Paradigm. if I could I don't even know if I could start ballet at my old age. You
2: I
3: can. Mean, I if mean If you didn't start it at age four, haven't you just missed that train? Not at all. And what's and what I'm loving is that there's <laughs> Very this good for your bum. there's this class of amazing there's girls and guys of all different ages. Um the guy I'm actually seeing has started doing ballet with me as well, which is, you know, ballet's for boys. It doesn't mean that you're, it doesn't mean that you're gay or, you know, anti-masculine or anything like that. I think it's a great form of, like I say, alternative exercise. And that's kind of what sweat and swagger is trying to bring to the table and kind of show these different alternative options to exercising, to living, to eating, to fashion, to all these different areas of life that we almost kind of are just on on kind of autoplay um, and looking for how we can mix that up and really change things and live interesting lives because there's so much that we can do here even just in our city. Um, there's even the I know at Wanderers now, there's a, a gymnasium there. It's, it's, it's super old school. It's like 1970s style and you can go there and do gymnastics. I mean, how fantastic. And you can go to Jobbik ballet on a Monday. You can go to the gymnasium on a, on a Wednesday. You can go and do salsa dancing. So these are all the different types of things that we're wanting to cover and bring into our space.
1: You've also got the working girl concept on under five foot.
3: Working girl is um, headed up by one of my writers, Ayanda Sampela. She's an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, um, um, we basically, uh, through Working Girl, it's about being relevant to the young working women. Um, it's about, you know, how, how, a lot of people think, will take for granted that everyone knows how to manage finances, how they should be investing, what they should be doing, how they should be managing their career. And I think some of us are, you know, are equipped and fortunate to have that knowledge, but there's a lot of people out there that don't. So that section is really, it's about helping, um, helping young professionals, specifically women, but not only women, but we are more girl focused. Mm. We're a girl power team. And some gays in between, but <laughs> that's <all> right. <laughs> um, and it's really about just providing that advice and that um, and that space for them to to kind of ask questions and and learn about things that sometimes are taken for granted or things that people aren't necessarily speaking about. Um, and making that relevant and not high level, so not talking about you know hedge funds and or investment portfolios and things that you know the everyday person doesn't understand. It's about making it completely relevant um, and and real for you know the everyday How working. How to girl.
2: ask for
1: a raise?
3: Exactly, things like that. I mean how do you approach that subject? That's how to you
1: demand.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've just uh, go ahead I've, and ask for it, girlfriend.
1: <laughs> I've just clicked on the surviving single um,
3: surviving single tab
1: here. What is that about? Is that is that all about getting your freak on? <laughs>
3: Yes, I know. So surviving single—it's—it's um—it's a mixture at the moment. We've got a couple of different writers there, um, and it's really—it's just about—it's—it's really about sharing stories, um, from single girls to other single girls or non-single girls, um, and it's really just about the funny anecdotes that happen while dating.
2: The funny antidotes to being (laughs) single.
3: (laughs) Yes, this This is
2: how to stop that condition now.
3: Exactly. No, um,
2: it's. Take a very large antihistamine to the leg and (laughs) and you'll be okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) Because you said it was an antidote.
3: I meant anecdote. I know.
2: But I'm (laughs) running with the antidote. Yes, no, I
3: There's actually a very interesting article called Mr. 45, which I encourage you all to go and read. It's got got quite some controversial comments around it. Meaning? Um, there's just a lot of d- women with opinions about dating a 45 year old man. Um, as a 27 year old. So there's, there's it's, it's some interesting articles. Are they pros there pros or cons? I think it's up to the individual, but there, um, it, it was a personal story. Um, and I think that's what it's about. Again, going back to what under five foot, it's about. It's about sharing stories and it's about sharing experiences. So Mr.
2: 45, that's 13 years apart. Yeah. Th-
3: 13 no, years
2: th- from who? What? From from the twenty seven year old oh, girl. Oh, what do you say? Oh, are we yeah. doing maths? Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. That's thirteen years. That's Isn't
2: it lot.
3: Nineteen. I don't
1: know. Oh my
2: god.
3: I
1: don't know. I don't uh, to, please don't
3: ask me. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, I please do not ask me
1: to calculate, calculate anything. I it's I'm okay. part of the breakfast team, which makes us collectively like the worst group of people who don't know how to count, <laughs> uh, except for Ben, who does the sport. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you mentioned that you would love to do more of these kinds of activities, where you're traveling around the world, and totally. then. Uh, translating that experience through Under Five Foot. So where would you like to go to next, now that you've had your proper overseas holiday?
3: Well, I'm very interested in going to Israel. I think that would be a really interesting trip. And yeah. then the States. I think that New York, for me, is somewhere I definitely want to go. Um And I think somewhere like New York is quite cliché in a way. So for me I would want to see the underbelly and uh, that's what I would want to explore. Actually,
1: Aspasia, you could recommend where Megan can go to next because you are you are world traveler. <laughs> you've been everywhere.
2: Uh not everywhere. <laughs> you've been not to, everywhere. You've been like to Reykjavik lo- you've for been example to most is on my to-do list.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think also Italy, I think oh France. I mean I think the the, the list is just endless. I mean even like crazy places like greenland i mean or i don't know i mean they i think i think there's so many different but well, what's really great is that our content speaks to so many different angles so for example we're also very big into yoga so we might plan or theme one of our trips around like a yoga experience or around a dance experience or around fashion so you know those uh, here's ha-
2: my question how do you guys monetize this thing
3: there are plans and there are ways <laughs> this blog well we work with a lot of really great brands oh who's, do you? yeah and we're also growing in that space as well so it's about so under five foot right now we're about telling the story mm. but where we wanting to go um, and the kind of vision for the business because it actually is it's a business um, is to then start allowing our readers to actually um ex- experience the stories as well so I'm a very big believer I mean my real job I have a real job as well Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> tell people that, so just let them
3: live the dream. Live the dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, my real job is very closely connected to under five foot. I'm a digital strategist. Um, and I believe the power in digital really lies in transcending online and offline and allowing those experiences to, 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 to overlay within each other. Um, so that's kind of the next phase of our business where we want to go and starting to create these, our own boutique, unique, um, experiences within the different genres of content that we, That we talk about and that we run and then eventually move into then actually running these types of, um, initiatives and strategies for other clients as well. So there is quite a long-term future plan. I've got my financial director who's, I'm working with closely to make sure we're all on track on everything. But, um, yeah, we've got, we've got quite a a clear-cut strategy in terms of how we're going to turn this into a sustainable business going forward. And hopefully one day this will be my real job.
1: <laughs> it would be great. I mean, it's
3: it and sounds if, like if people want to contribute. It sounds like a good old time. Uh, are
2: you guys like open to Always. taking contributions? Totally. Do you pay?
3: Beg your pardon do you pay at this point no but at this point what we do what we do often what I'm very passionate about it's about building the individuals mm. so under five foot started with me writing you know articles and kind of growing the business from that perspective but I feel it's very important that as the team grows so does the the acknowledgement as well mm. so it's about building every individual writer as their own personality to eventually get them to a point where they're able to almost have their own platform but it, it lives through under five foot so we actually also partner with a number of other really well-known and um, people People. Stevie French is one of our partners. Myline Boots, Shopology, Alan and Christian. So we're very much about collaboration, and I believe you know I'm I'm not in competition with any other blogger or magazine or anyone else out there. I want to work with them. We can do more together than we can apart. So Stevie and I are going to be running an exciting campaign um, coming up in November. Um So look out for that. And then we're doing also some really great work with Myline Boots and Shopology around um, fashion power couple, which is also very exciting. A very exciting um, series of of, of fashion related content that we're looking to work with some cool big brands on um so keep an eye out on that so i think it's very much about working with working within the community and forming our own community and i feel like under five foot has become this um platform for creatives to express themselves across these different areas of content but from a different angle and leverage our audience and the platform that we've built over time um and kind of work together from that perspective
1: Well, it sounds like a lot of work, but also a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. definitely very exciting. Megan Bernstein of Under 5 Foot, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Who's just gone Greek, and then we wait to hear where you'll be going next. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us this afternoon.
3: Cool. Thanks, guys. There
1: is a little meta that I do want to get to. Um ah. re- Regarding partner in crime over mm-hmm. here you Imagine my surprise While going through my Twitter timeline yesterday <laughs> And up pops a tweet About how you've been employed In a different and new position It's completely crazy, Mabs Because we were talking about
2: You know, the universe Like just throwing you something new Okay, so what has happened in the last several days? In the last several days I've changed job <laughs> So I've left Marie Claire as the editor and I have joined the times media group as the publisher of the magazine supplements. So there are a lot of magazine supplements in all the newspapers. Mm-hmm. There's um, wanted in the business day. Um, there's the fashion weekly. There's the edit. There are all sorts of magnificent things that I'll be publishing, sure. which is very exciting because it's a whole new realm for me. Publishing is, you know, the one who cracks the whip.
3: <gasps>
2: this, is, this is the thing. <laughs> you know, it's all about. Up to this point. About, it's all I've about. I've been how... the editor. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're the one that cracks the whip. But there's always a publisher standing behind you going, mm. <laughs> change your cover. <laughs> <laughs> and now you
1: get to be that head honcho in charge.
2: Oh, Lord. It's going to be interesting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank and, you.
1: And um, thank you for joining us this afternoon. I I will not be back next week. I will be back. I um, will be with you next week. I have. Um, hopefully, we'll be talking beauty. Okay. <laughs> yes, we must, people. Yeah. It's, we're gonna
2: move on, we're gonna talk about beauty next week.
1: It's that time of the year, it's summertime. <laughs> we this, need to
2: get our beauty on.
1: You know, and, and, we, and we also need to know how to protect our skins mm. in this very extreme heat. But we're talking with Metakhlistophile who um has started a new
2: project called the Matt Project. Mm. And it's really about um getting black women to discuss their their beauty issues
1: you know what i heard the other day what? from no 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 from the lady who does my eyebrows at at the spa that i go to and she was saying to me you know what women uh black women need to need to stop believing this black don't crack thing because unless you're following a proper beauty regime it is absolutely not true huh. so please bring that up with my title next week because i, I would will. love to know but more she, about yeah. the whole thing yeah
2: but Go on to her Instagram so that you can start seeing her daily spots of advice. It's very interesting. Spots not being the operative word. My goodness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So be sure to tune in next week with Aspasia. I will be missing in action. And then uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Thanks. Thanks for having you. Thanks uh, for having you. <laughs> I mean, good uh, to uh, have you back. Every, I every week I love I having you. Haven't, I haven't been with you for the longest time. I know. Time. This is I know. It's I'm cool. crazy. It's crazy. I feel the same way. I'm all tongue-tied and stuff. Okay. Oh, Cliffcentral.com. Bye.
3: This is Cliffcentral.com.
1: Cliff